This content contains podcast. This adult. This, this adult contains, contains podcast content. content. <laughs> adult content, be advised. Enjoy the episode. Hello, gorgeous. So... This is a very special episode featuring Laura Connolly, my uh, our other flatmate who often gets mentioned, but uh oh you have heard her once. She showed up in the Pingu episode actually. That was fun. So Laura has some things to say about the half-life slash decay of facts and knowledge and how this relates to horrible histories and generally shows that kind of try and teach you something about history. So we went on a lot of very fun tangents, but when we actually stayed on topic, um, it was it was really interesting. It was genuinely fascinating. So here is an hour of some some interesting stuff, some very insightful big brain activity, and just some chat also. Obviously, this is like not part of our regular schedule. We're very much in the one episode every fortnight uh rotor now um but whenever this goes out i don't know i don't know when it's going to be a very easy edit for me to be honest um but yeah enjoy so i'm studying like laughter and crying or the fancy version is non-linguistic look uh fuck Laura, do you want to introduce yourself or shall I do it? You go oh, ahead. It. Let's see how you do this. This is our flatmate. Yeah, just, I'm, just, I'm just the flatmate. She's very clever. <laughs> she is studying a PhD in psychology, so... Yeah. Oh, not? No, no, not, no. no. Uh, cognitive neuroscience. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, how could I? How banal is psychology? I know, I know. I mean, I literally have an AS level in it. Anyone could do it. <laughs> right. Um, so what are you going to talk to us about today? Yeah, so when you and Meg mentioned that you were doing uh, Horrible Histories, which I saw as an adult because I moved just after, like, or just before it came out. You were 11. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, hence why I sound non-specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so as an adult, I was scrutinizing it from a slightly different lens than a child would. And I knew some of the things in it were wrong. Uh-huh. So I thought it relevant to bring up to you guys, and then you were like, let's let's do a whole bit. I'm here to talk about the half-life of knowledge uh, slash the half-life of facts, which I think Elsie referred to as fact decay in the proper bit. <laughs> yeah, because the, the I, podcast proper. Yeah, <laughs> because I referred to it as that because that was how I remembered it. But yeah, uh, because decay and half-life, they are the same realm within physics, but we'll move on. Uh, Please. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it essentially boils down to the amount of time that has to pass before the half, half of pass before half of knowledge slash facts in a particular area is superseded or shown to be untrue. So by superseded, it means new information has overturned previously held facts or knowledge. So, so let me recap. That is yes. the term yes. that refers to how long it takes. Yes. Half of half of the time. Okay, half of the time it takes for um, assumed knowledge or like widely received believed knowledge to become proven wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Or new stuff has just totally overturned it. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure why they've gone with half, but I think it's because of the physics thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, so it comes from an area called cytometrics, which is a field of study that is concerned with measuring and analyzing scholarly literature. And I am now going to refer to them as science police. Why are you calling them science police? Because <laughs> I, because it sounds like to me, this whole area is like in the background looking at scholarly literature. So science and history and art history, anything yeah. scholarly. And it's just analyzing how good it is, measuring how accurate it is. I mean, I, I guess someone has to do it. Yeah, I had no idea they existed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is... that makes sense. So, like, they're like the people that are the methodology people, kind of. Like, they just make sure it's all being documented properly. It's. Uh, I haven't gone like deep into it so i assume that's one aspect for sure uh-huh. uh actually this is very relevant to my field we're going through something called a replication crisis which is basically Ooh, what's that? um so replication is a really big part of like psychology and neuroscience because and just science generally if you can't replicate results then they are that's not accurate results you've not done sure. a good job uh probably so a bunch of papers from the 60s and the 70s and even the 80s, especially in social psychology, which is the most, like, trickled down into pop culture psychology. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milgram. Oh, yeah, Zimbardo, Ash, yeah, yeah, all yeah. those guys. <laughs> all of their studies are being redone and proven to be wrong. Yes. Which is the foundation of a lot of psychology teaching. Sure. Because it's so easy for the masses to understand. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's also like... It's like, if someone in a coat will tell you to murder someone, you will murder someone. And that is why... Yeah. That is why humanity yeah. is bad. And that is why the Holocaust <laughs> happened. I am Milgram and I am clever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. So uh, social psychology is one of the most digestible parts of psychology. So it's readily taught. I assume in your AS psychology, you, sure. you did a lot of social psychology. Because it's also the most that's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Because you could experience it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a crisis because everyone's like, oh God, <laughs> the foundations of this whole field are wrong. So what did you say the crisis you were going through was? Replication. Replication crisis. Because you, you keep repeating things and they're wrong. Not me personally. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> but my field's. There's a lot of people redoing these studies and they're finding them to be false. And it's like, okay. Can I say like Yeah, yeah, of course. You <laughs> Shit. Can. Yeah. Like the Stanford prison experiment is. Well, I don't uh, think anyone. We can't replicate that. It's no. too unethical. No, but we already know that it was bullshit yeah. anyway. So. Yeah. Like, I think some of, like, Ashk, he did a pretty good job. Uh huh. His, um, we won't go super into this. Yeah, shall we? Yeah, shall we? Just um, sort of recenter ourselves. Yeah. So, right, back to the half-life of knowledge. Uh-huh. So it's not static. So uh, as an example, it, the stuff you learn, the information you learn in an engineering degree, if you got that engineering degree in 1930, uh, the half-life of that knowledge was 35 years. Okay. Meaning after 70 years of lapsed, so by the year 2000, everything you learned in that degree theoretically is useless that's fascinating uh however that was if you got that degree in 1930 Uh so by 1960 the half-life of knowledge of an engineering degree was 10 years so within 20 years all of your knowledge was useless wow is that because um is that because engineering was moving at a faster pace or because we were finding like just if we're specifically talking about engineering that's okay uh yeah so it's every field will have like weights and measures of this so with engineering yeah new technology 
as by the purpose of engineering, is constantly being invented and uh, discovered and new techniques are being developed. Computers were a huge part what of this. What an absolute bummer if you got an engineering degree <laughs> yeah. in 1960 and you can't use it by 1980. Yeah, yeah no, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel bad for engineering. I assume it's probably even worse now. I, I imagine so, yeah. I'm not going to opine as to why, but like <laughs> just general technology will have made it so much quicker. Yeah. So for psychology... Uh, the half-life um, of, they didn't say what kind of psychology, they just said psychology in uh-huh. the source that I was reading. The half-life was 3.3 to 16 years, depending on your speciality, because there's definitely some stuff in psychology that's kind of more absolute. Yeah. Um, and that's that's your area. Yeah. Yeah, good for you. You really chose the right path yeah. there, didn't you? Uh, with an average of, of <laughs> The seven, brain yeah. does not. <laughs> well... I, I, this the technology stuff because like oh, MRIs sure, were invented, yeah. Yeah. which changed like everything. Um, so what about a history degree? Yes. So <laughs> sorry, were no, you no, about to? <laughs> no, no, that's totally great. So yeah, history is t- so different from like science. Um, not of course. To defame history, that's not my goal. Because <laughs> um, it's it's such a different way of approaching your learning. Yeah. Okay. So for modern history. There's some stuff that is totally concrete, which can be kind of different from science. Is that because we saw it happen? Yes. And there's like, not just that, because like all history is seen by someone, right? It's like, it's recorded by cameras, uh, video. I was going to say the first uh, example that came into my mind was like, we definitely know that JFK was killed. But like, actually, that is not the best example (laughs) because we don't know how. So, yeah. But it was caught on camera though. So we know that he was shot. Yes. I suppose it's those famous examples where it's like, but there's a conspiracy. So those aren't the best, but like, we know exactly the day that Stalin died. We'll go with that. Um, Like the date. The date. You know, the time, Uh because there were people there. There's a whole process. There's tons of paperwork. So that was at the end of the Cold War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know. Yeah. Because it was... Well, except for, you know, the Cold War's still happening. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we have those concrete things in modern history, because there's just no room for argument right they can try they can can try try, they can try but like i mean some people argue that the world's flat so you know this is a good actual point because like that's what people used to think oh sure so that that well time however (laughs) well time is a flat circle yeah yeah. time is a disc (laughs) (laughs) like people have always thought that the earth was flat when really it's time that is flat and we know that because there have always been people that think that the earth is flat (laughs) just caught in a loop i'm sorry go on clocks they're flat time is flat yeah yeah there's all the evidence Yeah, so um, so with history, uh, history is like the interpretation of historical facts, events, general happenings, evidence, you know, that are subject to a lot of change or eventual falsification. Many facts of history will become falsified. Like, people thought that hundreds of women were burnt at the stake during the Salem witch trials around the time, right? Yeah. And people still might believe that today because it's pop culture kind of like pop culture like like history gossip yeah (laughs) um and but no that's not true uh there were 20 people who were killed one man uh and none of them were burnt at the stake okay so yeah yeah the burnings happened in england hangings happened in the u.s is what i anyway that's not the point i see what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. 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 um burnings were in europe generally because they thought it was a kindness 
Oh, great. Okay. If we're burned, we maybe could go to heaven kind right, of thing. Right. I say we. I am a witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, widely believed truths over time are found to be nothing more than just widely believed and usually not true. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so rather than studying phenomena like in science, in history you study events which have to be written about by someone, or there's, there's also archaeological evidence, but we'll yeah. talk about that in a second. So they have to be written about by someone, like the best history is writings that were at the time. I've got the sure. word for that. Contemporary. Con- contemporary yes. writing sources. <laughs> so like, someone was there, someone wrote about what they saw. Hopefully that survived. That's the best history. Like as first-hand l- accounts. Yeah, as long as they weren't lying. <laughs> like, yeah, and then how do we know? Then how would you know? Because yeah. you, you hopefully, this isn't usually the case, especially the further back you go, you have more than one. Uh-huh. And you can yeah. compare. Um, and choose who to believe. Uh, which, again, is another part of history. You are choosing who to believe. I just want to go back to... Sorry, I'm... Yeah, yeah. Well, circle back in a second yeah, yeah. but i've never used the term circle back yeah. before that was maybe the first time i've ever said that <laughs> um, a meeting on zoom <laughs> yeah when you said um that history is the study of events mm-hmm. it it reminded me of like how people talk about science like right. people don't in his history is not about the study of events and facts it's about interpreting the events yeah, and yeah. facts like quote unquote facts yeah, yeah, yeah that's the way people talk about science right because science is not about um studying the facts it's about interpreting what you can see yeah. and coming to yeah. what you think is the closest yes because that's just well, what hopefully. truth is right yeah it's so, what everyone believes well because you can like pro- proper quote-unquote and non-theoretical science i will say because like theoretical science gets into a whole realm of things i don't understand um so for my area we study the phenomena by so i'm studying like laughter and crying or the fancy version is non-linguistic look uh fuck (laughs) (laughs) phd student laura connelly Uh, non-linguistic vocalizations involuntary involuntary Meaning, like, crying, laughing, retching, mm. gasps, anything anything you do that isn't... Hiccups? No. 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 I mean... <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that whole... There, it, the, the noise you make when you sneeze oh. is, like, socialised, but... No, sure, I've, sure. I've not specifically <laughs> studied any sneezing. Um, so, where was I talking? Well, you were talking about... Right, explaining how an experiment would go with me. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we're studying laughter and crying at the moment. And so I would put you in a room. Here's just an example of a study to sort of delineate between history and science. This is boring. I feel like this is... No, it's fine. Keep going. Keep going. Um, So I'd put you in a room, make you listen to 10 people crying ask you which ones you thought were real crying which ones you thought were fake crying and like ask you how contagious they were or ask you how authentic they were that kind of stuff oh i'll cry if i hear someone crying i'll cry i don't (laughs) even if it's fake like i don't care you will be be in a study you will cry yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that would be very sort of useful for my write-up if you cried i'll give it a go (laughs) someone cried (laughs) um But yeah, so, and then I take your behavioral perceptual responses and I use statistics to analyze them against other factors like your gender, your uh, your age, where you're from, and see how each of these things impact how you viewed the crying, right? Okay. The one I'm focusing on is age because it seems like for laughing, culture doesn't really mean much because 
everyone laughs. Uh-huh. And we all laugh pretty similarly, which is, I think, quite nice. But um, So age, big different story, but we'll move on. <laughs> so yeah, in that I'm studying what you did right in front of me and then using stats to see how it impacts how things impact your responses. Yeah. Whereas with science, sorry, with history, History. (laughs) with history, what you would have to do is hope that I'd done a diary entry about this experiment or that Uh... you had done a diary entry about this experiment and then uh, write up about what I did if my life becomes history, which... Might do. Might Still do. Time. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the, the biggest hope would be that I wrote a diary entry or you wrote a diary entry because we experienced it directly. What might also happen is a news article is written about my study because that's more likely to have happened than a scientist to keep a diary entry. Um, <laughs> and then you have to hope that that news, ar- news article was accurate about what I was doing. Right? Okay. So, are you saying that a lot of history is just hoping that what we see is accurate? Yeah, I don't want to defame history. No, that, it, it, it's not. I mean, okay. that's... I feel like that seems gonna, obvious, right? I feel like you might get some historians like, mm, no. Oh, right. <laughs> well, but yeah, so we, I mean, you hope there's a contemporary source. There's so frequently not a contemporary source because yeah. paper disintegrates, that kind of stuff. Um, so you just, and a lot of history is people later writing about what happened. And you have to, again, hope what their information is, is accurate. You, yeah, what yeah. you were telling me about this is with the Victorians is really interesting. Uh, So Victorian history, the Enlightenment and Victorian historians approach history super differently from how we do today. So today's history is supposed to be quite... Removed. Removed, yeah. You're not supposed to judge, right? You're not Uh supposed to necessarily give your two cents on what's going down. You have to, like, here's the facts, here's how I've interpreted them, you know, um... And, you know, as as accurately as you can present the past. Uh-huh. Whereas Enlightenment and Victorian historians <laughs> uh, <laughs> were like, no, we're better than them. And I'm going to put that I'm better than them. Uh-huh. And they super believed that they were better. I'm guessing there was just like a lot of racism, a lot of classism involved yeah, in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of like, and this, this carries on to today in just general vibes, um, the viewing of people from the past as lesser stupider yeah right um which is they didn't even have phones <laughs> yeah and it's like they, they were, didn't have insulin yeah <laughs> they're people they were just in a different circumstance they weren't necessarily yeah. stupider they just didn't have the resources and information that we have i think it's a very bias way to look at it. my brother looks at history like this he's like they're just lesser and i'm like no they're just from the past no they're the same species it's, yeah i mean something that makes me feel really emotional is the idea that you know when you see like really old jokes like etched into walls and stuff and they're like and they don't make any sense whatsoever but also like memes don't make any sense it's like people have always been exactly the same yeah and i i love that yeah and there's a very old well of course it's old it's a cave painting (laughs) but there's a cave painting (laughs) (laughs) there's a very modern installation in this cave (laughs) (laughs) it's at the intersection of art and art and technology (laughs) Yeah, it's of a it's like a cartoon picture of a bear. Mm. It's like a bear the outline of a bear's ears. Oh. And it just makes me feel so emotional when you think that like a cave person like painted that for their child. Mm. Like 
They're oh, all... that's such a cute perspective. I'd never thought about that. They're all the same. We're yeah, all the same. Yeah. Well, like, you find dick drawings all over historical artifacts. Of course artifacts. you do. You feel like if you ever go to... Um, Pompeii Mm -hmm. there's um this I love this this is my favorite part of Pompeii all the history stuff all the incredible artifacts that have been preserved no this is my favorite part so from where the docks were there are little penises etched into the floor that led the sailors to the red light district excellent and in the in Hull we have a um a fish trail (laughs) on the Isle of Wight they have like a knot trail nice but all of this leading to the women. <laughs> In Pompeii, it's yeah, yeah. the penis trail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and when you got to the red light district, these... I hesitate to say brothel, but... I would say brothel. Place of sexual uh, commerce. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, they would have... They had pictures that are still there of... Um, different positions so it's like a menu okay well the changing rooms nan summers have those (laughs) (laughs) a menu tariff you'd go in and be like i want this position from tina like you know (laughs) anyway Uh, back on track so shall we bring this to horrible histories yes sure (laughs) so yeah like with regard to horrible histories like First and foremost, I do want to say I know it's a kids' show. I know sure. it's I know it's a bit of fun. Yeah. But throughout the show, they make the claim that this is a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> and if you're gonna do that, I'm gonna be like, well. By the end of series five, mm-hmm. Greg Jenner, mm-hmm. lovely Greg Jenner, lovely who Greg we all Jenner. love. Yeah. Um, he said that there were eight mistakes made over the course of horrible histories but this was in 2014 yeah so half-life again yeah that's true but also like there are things that were in the moment that they were written were incorrect sure so like (laughs) there's the half-life of knowledge and there's also being wrong Uh, an oversight (laughs) so like i love that he thinks there's eight mistakes that is cold laura that is (laughs) there is a whole wiki page about about the inaccuracies and horrible histories so. made by the fans yeah made a, by a the fans. loving yeah. wiki page yes i love <laughs> documenting whoever. their flaws yeah. But yeah so just a, one example that um this isn't on them this just demonstrates the half-life of knowledge very well um so their episode on richard the third so the truth about richard the third um there's a song and there's a line in it where he they're proclaiming that he didn't have a hump so he didn't have uh-huh. a hump back a few Never months had a hump always walked my full height Never had a limp and my arm was all right. Yeah. So the <laughs> arm and the limp, sure. Yeah. Correct. Uh, but a few months after this episode came out, the bones of Richard III were found in a car park. I remember. Yeah. Uh, he does have a crooked spine. So he has a curvature ah, of the spine. And Simon Farnaby of Horrible Histories fame presented the documentary about it. Oh, so he knew. <laughs> he, knew <laughs> he knew they were wrong. Um, uh, there's a outdoors shop in uh what what was the car park in like leicester yeah it was leicester they had a sign outside for a little while after this was the big story and it said now is the winter of our discount oh nice (laughs) (laughs) there's a movie now with the wonderful woman that plays mrs brown in the paddington films she's obsessed with richard julie walters julie no, no. The, oh, the Sally, mom. Sally Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So she she plays this woman who who was the real woman, obviously not Sally Hawkins, but the woman she's playing. Yeah. Um, who found the body? Who was like obsessed with him? Oh wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know how accurate the movie is, but she did find his body. So 
It's cool. She's just go digging around. No, no, no. She parts. she followed the evidence and told. Was it her job to do this? <laughs> no, it wasn't her job. It was her hobby. Whoa. Yeah. So she followed the evidence and then had other people dig. <gasps> That's <up>. amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird little tidbit for history. That. Yeah. Like a weird little footnote on the Tudor history is he was found in a car park. But by what some I woman. find really interesting about this Richard the Third example is that history. Mm-hmm was that he was an Mm -hmm. evil like well so but when you say history one of the first things comes to mind you mean shakespeare i do yeah yeah so well what like people's perception of him was that he uh murderous yeah murderous bad king bad king i don't remember what the song says (laughs) (laughs) it's at the beginning of the song smells Yeah, yeah. yeah um he was always late. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? There's that king. So always his... interrupting. You know how like there's like Alexander the Great, right? There yeah. was this other. There's this British English king called Ethelred the Unready. Oh, I know. And I I know. Really... I've seen horrible histories, mate. Oh, I, know. In it? I don't. Yeah, I think, I, think I, so. I, I know this person from a Susie as Eddie Izzard skit oh okay. and she's like, "What did he do to earn that name?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I really also like was he just." perpetually late like yeah. i don't or did something come and he wasn't ready like i i want to know how i should have googled it i haven't um why ethelred the unready was called that but so it like the idea that for for a short while in history or a short while sorry in the past yes, i should yes, say yeah, because yeah. history is the study of the past yes um <laughs> just to get this right yeah, yeah, yeah. by the way this was going to be part of our horrible histories mm-hmm. episode it's now going to be its own episode oh wow okay yeah. is this in the episode or are you just telling me i'm i mean i mean it probably will be okay. in the no yeah. i mean like are you is this are you keeping that or are you yeah just prob- me? i probably okay. will yeah. yeah um yeah so for a short time in the past yes. people thought that it that he was all those bad things yeah right? yeah and then it became a common uh uh inaccurate belief a, a common belief yeah that it was not true yeah so, so everyone was like oh there was a time in history where everyone thought he was evil yeah, and yeah. now we know different yeah, and yeah. now that's yeah. starting to be overturned yeah, yeah. so the idea that it's yeah. It keeps evolving and people's beliefs become, that people's beliefs are incorrect becomes part of history. That's really interesting. It typifies the like part of history where if you're commonly held beliefs that are wrong or it will not necessarily wrong so <laughs> it just sounds really yeah, mean that I'll, start, I'll start i'll start that again this typifies how things so because it's you're largely studying written history right so it's, yeah if you believe something and you write it down if there's enough other people that have also written that down that could become fact so like uh, there was this effort of like a re uh, consideration of Richard III's reputation because there was lots of people who were like, oh, we only think these things because of Shakespeare. Like, Shakespeare made these beliefs really popular. It was it was thought by historians, oh, these are all nasty rumours that Shakespeare took, that Shakespeare made more, like, concrete, and they, they can't be true. They must be... And Thomas More as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they must be, like, just nasty rumours that, that they always perpetuate off. Like, when you've taken the crown from someone you, mm-hmm. you want to defame the guy you took it from as much as possible so nasty rumors part of that so there was a lot and of queen elizabeth wasn't fond 
so Shakespeare was oh yeah playing 100%, it to that. 100 yeah. percent um and so what happens is you have that written down and then believed and then potentially people go oh this must historians go oh this must be nasty rumor right and recount it from the canon of history right but then yeah potentially oops it was true i i understand the or some of it was true anyway yeah yeah some of it was true like his leg was fine (laughs) (laughs) um and weren't you saying the other day that mm -hmm. you that it's actually now more that there's more evidence that he did kill his nephews oh that's more of just a personal vendetta oh (laughs) (laughs) well this is just a you thing is it well (laughs) not just the v thing but like uh the reason i super think that is so he was tasked with um finding out who killed his nephews Mm -hmm. he didn't do anything right would you uh if you killed your nephews and you were oh, like, I don't trust any member of any royal family yeah. as far as I can throw them. <laughs> but so, like, it doesn't it, mean that he kills. No, them. I know, I know. It's just, it's just a bad notch against him. Sure. If you're like, okay, you need to find out who killed them because that's your job. You're the the protector of the realm, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's your job to find out what happened to the princes because that's really important. And you don't do anything. Yeah. Suspicious. Well, they're Did not, you not like, do anything because you private investigators in this day. <laughs> I, oh my god! Imagine that. That would be so. That'd be so, oh, write that TV show like a time traveling Sherlock or something. Like oh my god, Doctor Who and Sherlock together is Tumblr 2013's just, just dream. Yeah, like, that's, like yeah, Doctor Who takes Sherlock Super back, Hulock. <laughs> and for some reason they pick up the Winchesters yeah. and they go back to Tudor England and they're like, we've got to solve this murder. <laughs> There are two bodies which are presumed to be the princes that are buried in Westminster. We haven't checked. I think I don't think if they are <laughs> because I get it. You don't want to open the grave. Like that's sure. fair enough. Um, it's fair enough is how I would describe yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just there's there's a lot of evidence that he did kill them. Like a lot okay. of cir- circumstantial evidence. There's some really great stuff that like does a blow by blow of like the events of them leading up to it, and it's like, well, yeah probably mm. but yeah what else have we got to talk about you've got a whole bunch of notes there what's mm. going on so i have that whole bit about archaeology if you wanted to do the i would love to yeah. know about archaeology so, yes. as an aspect of history i played professor layton as a child <laughs> I, I, I always have loved archaeology <laughs> this aside i professor layton was referenced in something i watched the other day and i was like oh my god elsie <laughs> likes Elsie, that yeah, i've never played it but elsie likes that this guy he was talking about it ah. <laughs> Yeah, so archaeology being an aspect of history, obviously, um, is the physical evidence we have of history is archaeology. And a really huge aspect of archaeology, a very, like, popular aspect of archaeology is statues, antiquity statues. I know where you're going with this. (laughs) Yes, people may have seen, what, like the New York Times article? Shall we just carry on recording? I don't know if anyone can hear that, but it's a car Right, what were you saying? So, um, that yeah, you might have seen the articles about this from a few years ago. Uh, so, it, within antiquity, the statues and stuff, uh, all of them, for the most part, today are pure stone. They're just white, mm-hmm. right? Marble. Um, marble, usually, yeah. Which is a type of stone, you're right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, there's a... This actually folds into some Victorians' white supremacy stuff. So, for Lovely. a long time... <laughs> for a long time... 
it was purported that this is it. They're just these white plain statues. And it really folds into this white supremacist view of antiquity. Everything's very clean and white and smooth and perfect. And historians have been finding paint or archaeologists have been finding paint on statues, like little bits for a very, very long time. You can go to the Louvre and one of, they have a big statue of Athena and she still has paint around her eyes. Um, oh, it's still there. It's still there. Like, wow. It's the only bit. The rest of her is totally just stone, but there's still paint around her eyes. And they ignored as maybe strong, but like didn't talk about it, didn't really report it. It never really filtered down to pop culture, especially. So there's this very white view of the past with regard to like Roman and Greek history. You know how I learned about this was through ContraPoints? Oh, yeah, yeah. So she's got this bit where she's talking about how these historians or these archaeologists or whoever like they they found the painted ones and they were like oh they're so gaudy <laughs> not not like our refined western tastes because greece greece yeah, yeah. is part of the west because yeah, yeah. it's white and yeah the, well well because it's white yeah i mean that's just how it Which, i mean a whole tangent about how important north africa was to mediterranean empires could be done because yeah wow people forget that part of Mediterranean history is the other part that touches the Mediterranean, which is North Africa. But... Oh, the, the West is a racist myth, but we don't need to talk about it yeah, today. Yeah, that's a whole, <laughs> the whole tangent. Um, we're going to start our own history podcast. Yes, we should. We should. Uh, um, I love how your PhD is in psychology, <laughs> neuroscience. This is, this is just a private passion. This is just a hobby. Yeah, yeah. I also... I mean, I... your other... Uh, private <laughs> hobby. Well, not private hobbies. You no. talk about them all the time. Yes. Why is, I said uh, private, I don't know. <laughs> many different parts of history. Crochet, mm-hmm. um, gardening, mm-hmm. when you have the chance. We don't yeah. have a garden. Nope. Who do you think we are? Um, <laughs> and uh, fashion history. Yes. Which I guess is history. Yes. Fashion history is very, very recently been recognised as an actual study of history. Great. Because uh, do you know what has dominated history for most of the time? Fucking men. Men. <laughs> so, and what do men not modern men not really care about fashion um so they were just like no could go away with your silly little fashion history yeah screw them uh, 18th century men fucking lived for fashion i would like to know how the film industry has impacted on this oh yeah massively depending on where you are i bet like all of those sort of fashion youtubers that review how accurate mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. costumes yeah. are in period dramas yeah. they they are doing god's work making yes. this into an actual yes. study yeah no it, no 100 percent. all of those women have done like um bernadette banner this is for bernadette you banner, yeah. <laughs> um, like she went she went to costume school and like I, I don't know what her actual qualifications are but i assume it's in the realm of it and then like uh mina lee um there are others, but I'm struggling to remember their names. I, f- I follow and watch all of them. Um, I'm so happy we're making this a full yeah. episode now Good. because I was like glancing at the time and yes. I was like, this was supposed to be like a 15 minute thing. But like now we're doing it. This yeah. can just be its own bonus oh, episode. Oh, Elsie, you because... should have known. I, I, know, <laughs> I know. You know me. Yeah. I don't know why you thought I'd keep it short. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, so like just a very very quick aside about fashion history the clothes you wear or wore like this is still true today but like it was a whole different kettle of fish is you wore your wealth you wore your Mm. status because you wanted people to know immediately that you were more important more wealthy and had more leisure time than they did like lace yeah the super rich actually do the opposite now yeah they dress like trash (laughs) they do they dress like trash 
And sometimes they just dress like normal, and it's like a self-preservation. Oh, the evil can't eye. Let, can't let people yeah, yeah, know. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, so in the 17th century in the Netherlands, you had these this gorgeous rough period where the number- well, you think it's gorgeous. I think it's impractical. Oh, oh yeah, it's hella impractical. <laughs> but it's so impractical. But the number of folds you had in your ruff was a direct correlation to how rich you were. Oh my god, like the rings in trees <laughs> telling you their age. <laughs> yes, I yeah, but t- did people like count them? No, when they met no. a new person, <laughs> no, like no, wow. <laughs> but the wear on you, yeah, and also like at a glance, you're like, oh, whoa, oh, sure. so many folds. Is that because like getting it made would cost more if there were more folds? Yeah, in so it? keeping. Okay. Keeping it neat, getting it made, laundering it, mm. laundry, so, so much of a signifier of wealth because do you know what takes forever before a washing machine? Laundry. <laughs> laundry, yeah. The washing, like. Oh, I need to do some laundry tonight. Can <laughs> I, think, I, can I have the washing machine? Yeah, tonight? of course. <laughs> I think Bernadette Banner says in one of her videos, she's like, the most, one of the most important inventions to human history is the washing machine because you'd have to spend a whole day. Not that I don't spend I a whole I would say day. one of the most, uh, influential inventions for women yes probably yes yeah um not that i don't spend a whole day doing laundry but i'm not yeah. there <laughs> with a washing board physically doing yeah you laundry. put it on you walk away you and come then, back yeah. at yeah yeah and then just take like too long to do everything yeah <laughs> uh, but i wasn't there physically yeah i had we went to um a when i was in primary school we went to a victorian home that was kept or was a victorian schoolhouse that uh-huh. was kept in the same Stat- era yeah so it's like everything's the same as how it was. Was it a recreation, or was it like had it just been re- like preserved? Uh, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Uh, probably a bit of both uh-huh. because it didn't ever seem like it had been modernized. Where so. was it? Somewhere in the south of England. So, yeah, some, somewhere near Berkshire. <laughs> yeah, somewhere near somewhere near Berkshire. Uh, the entire county. Um, yeah. So uh, and then you spent the whole day living as a Victorian child, and you uh-huh. would like you went to school. This is not super fun. I will say Victorian children had it rough. Um, and so you sat in your schoolroom. Uh, they would teach you what Victorian children would learn. You went and you helped with the laundry. And it was all really hard. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm a modern person because holy shit, life in the past is hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. The point there being that laundry takes ages in the past. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, like everything. People yeah, yeah, yeah. churned butter. Oh, I bought butter like you asked me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I went in my break and I bought it. Yeah. Oh, wicked. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, just... Where 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 were we? Wait. Yeah, where are you in your notes? Let's return to the notes. I'm not anywhere concrete in my notes. We've fully gone off because we were talking about... Um, I think we were just, I think, isn't that just like a, yeah, we were. Yeah. Is that not just like a list of examples of where horrible histories this, went this wrong? This is the archaeology bit. This is examples here. So yeah, okay. just the, to, to end the archaeology bit was like, we, so it came out and people did finally report that there were paint on these statues. Um, yeah, I recommend Googling it if you've never seen them. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> changes they're, your they're, they're really gaudy. So, and also because they and what we thought of them are part of our modern conception of the word gaudy which is hilarious yeah. to me but yeah i think they look great what was it contrapoint said said about them like see they look like mexicans yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks straight out of a telenovela um, they're so colorful like this is the thing that we get wrong about history and in, in like um media per- and it's like that portrayals. weird attempt at like white person flesh color Yes. Which is always difficult. <laughs> yeah. But so they're like, 
the buildings and stuff would have been painted super colorful. All the statues are super colorful. Like, they were just really colorful. Because, <laughs> 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 um, of course, why not? If you have color... Unless, I guess, you're a rich person today and you're super minimalist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the trend, right? I saw a video about recession core and it recession made me want to cry. God, that's depressing. <laughs> what? So, so depressing. T- tell us about reche- re- recession core. <laughs> it was like, remove. <laughs> I'm still, so we're recording this about two weeks after uh, my recording with Meg for the, like, Horrible Histories episode i was ill then i'm mm-hmm. ill now yeah so I, I too am ill <laughs> not that you guys know what i sound like normally but i don't sound that different no. um <coughs> no yeah so recession core it just it makes me sad to think about it's like major designers um doing really minimalist colors like beiges blacks dark is that greens. because they can't afford color ha <laughs> no it's it sort of goes into the evil eye thing uh-huh. Right, not wanting to draw attention to the money spending. Okay, right? uh, which so, I, will, I so, will. Okay, no, no, I will briefly say that while black today is viewed as sort of this ubiquitous color, like the, if something's cheap, it can look nice. Black, all of these things. Mm. Black doesn't denote wealth today. Black dye used to be very difficult to make and come by, so oh, black wow. clothing used to be like height of posh. Wow, but yeah. I guess you don't see depictions of peasants wearing, like, jet black clothing. No. Yeah. No. Uh, in, except in like, Spain, where black was hella fashionable. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Was it easier to get black dye in Spain? That's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. Huh. Uh, possibly. That would make sense. Uh, coming at you with 60% of the information. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> this this uh, episode is asking more questions than it answers. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so you're saying that Recession Core mm. is... Big name designers mm-hmm. designing things for the ultra rich to not look ultra rich to protect them from. I think it's a reflexive just reaction to the. This is so big brain. Re- <laughs> <laughs> uh, big a, brain. A re- just a reactive reaction. <laughs> it's a reaction to the economic crisis that is returned that we're currently in again. God, how many recessions in our lifetime, Elsie? How many more to come? Uh, for sure, two. Yeah, for sure, two. One, yeah. like for sure, one that's the worst since the Great Depression. Yeah, love it. Uh, at least we were still in school, and now we're <laughs> in the middle of something that's like we think that this particular aspect might be worse than two thousand and eight, but because we're in the middle of it, yeah. history hasn't made it that yet. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's pretty bad. It's, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. rough. Yeah. Where we are. <laughs> uh, Yay. Infla- Yay. Inflation, rent, mm. woohoo. Um, yeah, so the Recession core is like, they don't have accessories on, so there's like very plain makeup, very plain hair, no necklaces, no jewellery, no necklaces of jewellery. Uh, yeah, just- this is like an influencer thing, like the whole minimalist lifestyle thing. I, I hate it. So there's swings between minimalism and maximalism, typically in trends, and I am sad that maximalism is on its way out again because of the recession. Um <laughs> But yeah, it just makes sense why that would happen, though. Yeah. Um, also, like, just removing of full pieces. Like, you'll see models going down, this is male models, going down the, I almost said aisle, uh, <laughs> runway in just shorts. Yeah, no. I'm like, show me an outfit. Show, yeah. <laughs> like, an outfit. That's please. like beach wear. Yeah, and they're like silk business shorts, and I'm like, okay. No, <laughs> come on. Yeah. High fashion is 
dumb. I'm sorry. It's so dumb. I love weird, indie, unique fashion. Sticking with the maximalism, please. Yeah. I I very I went down a Pinterest street of um looking at dark academia clothing and then reflexively in my mind went, "You like color." <laughs> and I did Google to see if there's a color version of dark academia there is. Bright like, academia. I, I can't remember. I don't think it's called academia. <laughs> just, just being normal. That's just you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um it does it is a thing and I'm like I'm so glad it's a thing because color. Yeah. Color. There's that the first thing that comes to mind is when we're talking about the salt, the whole like influencer minimalist thing that we're going through is Molly May's picture of her baby. So I don't know if you saw it. No, it's a picture of her newborn baby in a room that's in like every single shade of beige, like the... like an AI generated beige nursery. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it does. It looks AI generated. Like the mobile above it is like no i don't know if it's just like unpainted wood or whatever but like and that what it's wearing just everything is colorless and it's i feel weird about it because like a lot of people were like that baby is going to be uh developmentally like arrested like it's which i disagree with it's like that if you don't have colour in your home, you're still going to experience colour mm-hmm. and none of you people on the internet commenting actually know anything about child development. So go on. <laughs> I did my first thought was, Oh, but you need colour. Well, of course. Yeah, but like it's as, a really, as a child, as a yeah. baby, you you should you should give your kids like as much colour as possible. It's a really, really depressing image. It's really sad. But like the backlash it got yeah, is yeah. like you're uh, looking yeah. at one room yeah. in this person's house. Maybe the playroom is a vomiting rainbow. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But it was a miserable picture yeah. to look at. <laughs> I just also like that's gonna be a I mean, this is a signifier of the rich right here. Nightmare to clean. Oh yeah, it's gonna get dirty real quick. But Molly May ain't cleaning it. No, she's not. Because <laughs> well, you've only got twenty four <laughs> hours in a day. <laughs> like this is how I feel about. I've looked at like nice houses and stuff just casually, and then you see like Kim Kardashian's house and stuff, and you're like, why this looks so antiseptic? Yeah, because it looks like a hotel or a museum. There's nothing it's out so of place. It's so upsetting to me when someone with a huge amount of money doesn't actually make their lives look comfortable. <laughs> well, it's that it's that um, real it's always. It's that real audio that's like when I was a kid, I didn't understand why adults' houses were so boring and didn't reflect their personality. Now I'm an adult. I live as I want, and you and they turn the camera. And it's like everything's pink. Yeah, and I I love that for them. Now I I'm I can't an adult, afford that, and I'm paying rent. <laughs> Our sofa, oh my god, (laughs) it's the ugliest sofa I've ever seen. It's not even fit for purpose. It's, I mean, it's comfy, but you have to adjust it every five minutes. It's, it's awful. So I understand why sometimes adults' houses are just an accumulation of things. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, my room. (laughs) Yeah, it's, there's no design to it. It's a home, it's homey, but it's... Yeah, because you, you need money to go in with a design intent, and I do respect that now. And a blank as slate as yeah, well, because yeah. we moved in yeah. and the mantelpiece was there, and it's not something I would ever choose, but you know. It's something <laughs> that we definitely would have had in my... Okay, brief aside, my childhood home was fuck ugly. Um, <laughs> I've heard descriptions of Laura's childhood home. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I wish I could see it. And also, there's no pictures, <laughs> I'm so sad. Tell us, tell us about it. So, as we were just saying, you need a blank slate, you need money. You need yeah. a vision. You need a vision. <laughs> my mother. 
um, went in with all of these things. <laughs> and our house was, I think for like the early 2000s, probably quite nice. Sure. But in retrospect, in the early 2020s, fuck ugly. <laughs> um, and didn't make any sense. We had like a yellow and green country style kitchen. Gross. With very gross sort of mottled grey floor. Gross. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. Yellow, green, and grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like rustic style. Yeah, rustic style. Oh. Like, uh, it's horrible. You know, our one of our ceilings has that thing where it looks like there's still paintbrush having happened. Like like, like a, pa- a palette knife sort of yeah. texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the walls were that in like a almost mustardy yellow. Disgusting. Disgusting. Um, and then we had green gingham curtains. I don't want to be rude, but like, that's like primary school summer dress material. Yes. And then right next door, gothic dreamscape dining room. (laughs) Wrought iron and glass dining room table with um, wrought iron. And then like, my grandma has one of these pillows. I'll bring them back because you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, Dark red upholstered with Latin text. Oh, what? (laughs) Chairs with the wrought iron frame and the cushion upholstered bits were slightly too small. So there's this like wrought iron stuff next to the cushions. It's like a throne room. Yes. And like dark wood floor. There is no direct sunlight into this room. Do you know what it's making me think of? Like, do you remember we were talking about medieval period (laughs) dramas made in the 2010s -hmm. and there was like too much leather very dark very grubby like sort of gothic for no reason (laughs) like taron edgerton's robin hood like that's what it's giving will make it dim (laughs) (laughs) but right next to the yellow and green room yeah um (laughs) which i'm guessing got a lot of sunlight and the dining room did not no the, the dining room had no direct sunlight uh-huh. Um, it's giving vampire. Yes, no, 100%. Um, like, you could use the glass table to really well, like, bash someone's head in as well, if you wanted, yeah. as a vampire. When, well, whenever I see just a sheet of glass, it does make me oh, think terrifying. of the omen, it's so... terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and then we had a big, big window... Uh, big window? Sorry. Big mirror. Mm-hmm. And then, like, dark... You, you know the dark mahogany that was trendy when we were very young? Yes. A big chest of drawers of them. Okay. With um, little metal poles with like raw iron detailing. Mm. Um, I mean, the idea of a dark wood cabinet is not bad on its own, but like this room is just really yes. dark. Yeah. Um, everything was so loud. Like anytime you moved anything, it was so loud. It sounds heavy. Yeah, it's like. Was, also, my mum, who now lives in Sydney, we moved to Singapore and then she moved to Sydney. She still has this dining room set. Uh, do you know what it's making me think it's like germanic like i've never read gormenghast but it's making me think of gormenghast (laughs) like a castle yeah and also the the doors were like the one door into the room was white which is just clashes with everything but um (laughs) if it was black so so tell them about the bedroom suite (laughs) my parents Okay, I'm going to single out my mother because I talked to my dad about this and he was like, Laura, I had nothing to do with any of this. You think I had a choice? <laughs> um, so their bedroom was, they had, uh, everything was built in. So you couldn't move anything. Like storage area, sort of. Yeah, so they had a built-in wardrobe, uh-huh. built-in bed, built-in bedside tables, built-in chest of drawers. Like, built, uh, all of this built into the walls. All of this, like, yeah, fixed. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I, I like a freestanding wardrobe. I think that's a nice feature. I, for space saving... Oh, well, sure. Prefer, yeah. especially 
given where I've lived. <laughs> yes. And, like, I, built in is better because it's it feels like it's not taking up space. Yeah. It is, but, you know, it feels like it's not. <laughs> uh, even, like, me and you have technically built-in wardrobes. They stick out the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. not recessed into the wall. Yeah, well, if mine was recessed into the wall, that would go into your bedroom. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. Um, but, yeah, so everything everything's a fixture right so uh and they have a carpet that's too tall so the door doesn't shut properly oh it's too uh wefty yeah yeah, yeah. so they needed to shave down their door they didn't do it for years um (laughs) awkward uh but yeah so all of these fixtures are like a pearlescent pinky color Mm. (laughs) uh right above the the demonic dining room uh uh, so and everything has this you, what would what is this like fa- flower filigree uh, motif? Yes, <laughs> all of it like a like a ceiling rose kind yeah, of yeah. yeah. But like filigree is a good word on everything Ugh. and painted pink like a dull pastel pink <laughs> on top of the pearlescent pink that's yes. on everything. Yes, wow. The only thing what that's a different, look. I know the only thing that was different was the bed was cream. And it was a water bed. Yes, it was. It was a water bed. It <laughs> That's was, the best detail. Yeah, it was like a California King water bed. <laughs> oh my god, they had a chandelier as well. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, because I remember hitting my head on it once when I was bouncing on the water on the water bed. Yeah, what would I do when new friends came around for the first time? What Show even, them the water bed. What even manufacturing water beds back then, like I specialty, don't think they sure. really existed for. Like the seventies, like that's horrible. I, I, both my parents grew up super poor, so in my head, I wonder if both of them viewed like I, this would make sense to me because seventies sure. is when they grew up. Yeah, if rich people had water beds, oh. so when they were able to, they got a water bed because they finally could. the height of modernity. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the seventies, but they did yeah. this in two thousand and one. So I can understand that, but like I don't understand everything surrounding it. Um, yeah, so. Then the, there was um there was a four poster bed with like the bowl things you know the decor like that sticks up and there's like bowl sure yeah it like a chess piece kind of on each corner yeah yeah um like bed knobs and broomsticks knob yes but it's all it's wood rather yeah. than yeah metal. <laughs> uh, but yeah so there's water bed all that um my mom has kept her wedding bouquet so that's also there pressed flowers on the wall it's all just so gaudy. Gordy and Gordy's, Gordy's a nasty word um, because there are classist implications. Yes. But I can't describe this house in any other way. <laughs> and I, I hadn't thought about my childhood home for a very long time. Until you described it to me and Meg and yeah. we went, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> you, Come sometimes, on. Sometimes you think about where you grew up and you don't view it from a, like you don't, you haven't ever formed an outside opinion of it. It's just your home. So it's yeah. just where you were. So you don't look at it and go, oh, this is ugly. <laughs> yeah. Until much later, especially if it's because because I don't have access to it. It doesn't exist anymore. The house is there, but like everything was ripped out. Yeah. Um, and someone else lived in it. And crucially. Else, yeah. <laughs> you can't just go. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look in my own home. No. So um, I hope they've done something nice with it. So do I. <laughs> uh, there's photos of when we were selling it, and everything's been ripped out. So I just there's genuinely like no evidence of this, which is so unfortunate. <laughs> Whereas your childhood home. Has it always been decorated roughly how it is now? Roughly, yeah. Sounds really nice, but your mum is an artist, so... Yeah, my parents are really into uh, making the house look as nice as possible. And it's... I'm not... I mean, I am biased, but, like, it's it's really nice. It sounds... <laughs> I haven't been, but it sounds really nice. I, I Except for your one bathroom that's nautical, that's hilarious. 
No, it's, it's pretty classy, to be honest. Okay. It's, it's my favourite room in the house. Fair. The it's just nautical bathrooms are so funny to me. Because it's like, <laughs> what? Like, it's, not really, the- it's not so much nautical as more like english seaside town themed i just love the idea of this is the room with the most water in it let's make <laughs> yeah. it water themed let's put a dried stuff yeah. in it i hate those and your grandparents home oh, that's fun no. so it's just like imposingly irish catholic yeah yeah oh my god there's so many jesus's so many mary's oh there's a there's a mary music box in my that's grandma's running room. out of battery and it's, it's horrible it's demonic and like my grandma used to have this really she got rid of it i don't know where it is probably in the garage as with everything um a door <laughs> a, like a full so back of a door art piece that was just a huge sort of jesus tapestry wow green and gold like carrie's mum <laughs> from carrie <laughs> she's got a room for lacrosse she's not that no. far gone <laughs> but like just just and the garage is has got about twelve washing machines in it. Oh, so basically, Laura's grandparents have a room where things get put away mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Like there's what like eighteen pairs Hoovers. of scissors in the kitchen. Oh, like, God, they're hoarders. They're they are hoarders. I, again, I do think that some hoarding tendencies come from being very poor. Sure, and I understand that, uh, especially. Like, my granddad, when he was in his 20s, had all of his money taken from him by a business partner. Oh, Jesus. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, wow. I don't think I've ever mentioned it before. <laughs> right. um, so I understand this tendency. I understand keeping But things. you don't need 12 hoovers. No, you don't. You don't need a modem. <laughs> and if you, but the thing is, at, the, at this point now, if you take that modem out of the room, everything's going to come crumbling down. There is... Um, if you move anything. <laughs> so there's, there's a... a, a What's it called? A, pl- a plank know. of wood. Oh, a plank of wood. Plank of yeah, wood. it's just called a plank of wood. Rest- <laughs> resting atop their garage freezer, which is frozen shut, so we have no idea what's in it. Um, oh my god. <laughs> and, and atop that, there's a panettone tin where the plank of wood is rested atop the panettone tin, and it goes I'm over to... It. Um, you've been in the room. Um, no. Yeah, no, that's fair. I... It's so there's, an- a, there's a lot in that. So, you don't know everything that's in that room. It's so anxiety-inducing... Um, if you are of a any kind of nature that doesn't like mess, mm. that I understand never wanting to think well, tell about Tell us it. about this tin. Yeah, so uh, it rests atop a panettone tin and it goes over to uh, other... I don't actually know what it's resting on the other side. It's hidden. Um, and it's okay. it's holding up maybe like two decades worth of crap. Oh. So when my grandfather dies, God rest his soul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's just, just cross ourselves for the Catholics. Yes. Um, he crosses himself every time we go by a church. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so when he dies, I-, I am the only one that is close and available, so I am going to be the one spending six months clearing out this garage. It's going to be you, me and Meg, isn't it? And, I'm and we're going in... to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm roping in Sean, my brother, um, and we're going to need a skip. And it's this, is, take... this is why your dad moved to Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. was playing the long game. The crazy thing is, there's stuff of real genuine value in this room. I'm sure. My granddad yeah. pulled a tankard, a metal, a silver tankard, just out of the chaos uh-huh. and gave it to my brother's girlfriend. And I was like, wait a minute, let me just Google this. And an identical one was sold for £2,500. Why? It's, it's, what it's, is this? It's, a, it's silver. It's by a particular okay. silver maker. Right. And, okay. um, I was like, yeah, sorry, Kat, my brother's girlfriend. 
you can't have this. I'm putting, <laughs> I'm putting this back. Like, if you stick around, you'll get the dividends eventually. But um, <laughs> I'm putting it back for now because... And it's just full of stuff like that. Like, it's full of yeah. these randomly valuable things. And I'm like, what? It's just... It's so weird. And every time my granddad's like, oh, I found this in the garage. I'm like, oh, no. Didn't he... When we moved into this flat, didn't he say, oh, I've got about 20 TVs if you want one? They had just been given a TV by one of my second cousins or whatever um irish so many cousins uh and they were offering it to us and sometimes my grandma when i refuse things sometimes gets kind of pissy because she's like well beggars can't be choosers and i'm like okay but we're not beggars i'm not but i can afford a telly (laughs) yeah like (laughs) and this was like an old not super old but like old enough that it's it's useless unfortunately is it a flat screen yes but it's like 10 we have modern needs <laughs> yeah it's like 10 years old it's not a smart tv yeah we can't watch netflix on it so thus for it it's a necessity therefore it? it is just less useful and when yeah. i was saying this to my grandma she's like what's netflix Aww. and i'm like i've explained it to you so many times grandma you've explained netflix to her because <laughs> they have a smart tv my dad bought them it as a gift as a gift in 2012 and when i say gift my dad will sometimes buy people gifts principally for himself uh, so that he can use it while he's at their house <laughs> so they have a tv which has netflix on it um it's too old for disney plus but uh so they were offering us this tv and it's for one thing it's like tiny tiny yeah um our tv already i'm like sometimes i'm like i can't see the details from the couch which is a me thing it, that's sure. a you thing that's a good size telly it's fine mm-hmm. you don't yeah, you yeah. don't need that bigger <laughs> but um and yeah i was just like it's not a smart tv i can't we can't really use this it's just not useful for us and my grandma's like ooh, ooh so posh I'm like and i'm like no it's it's genuinely useless i don't know what you want me to do anyway that that's, that's why they have so much stuff because they, they have just one of meg's old printers what? Because it was my dad. My granddad helped me move out of my university house, and it was there. And I said I was going to take it to Curry's to properly recycle it because you can give them broken printers. Good to know. Yeah. Um, oh, I just tossed our old one, didn't I? Yeah, I should have taken it to Curry's. Um, <laughs> anyway, my granddad was like, "It's fine. I'll fix it." I'm like, "Granddad, it's a printer. I don't think NASA astronauts can fix printers. I don't know what you're going to do." So it's just in their garage. Great. Yeah, which I'm going to have to deal with for sure. They've got Meg's printer. They've now. got Meg's yeah. broken printer. Anyway, right. we're, we're so far off. I know! Back. What were we talking about, even? What are we here for? History. History. I mean, we got to the end of your notes, and we learned we a lot. Not. Should we? Oh, we oh, have not. Jesus Christ. Right, What? so what next? Well, because I was going to talk, well, we were talking sp- about Richard III. We right? were. Because that is not, that's a really good example of the half life of knowledge, because a few months later, it was superseded by new knowledge. Uh-huh. Uh, the issue I will take with the show is that, yeah, sometimes they are just point blank incorrect with information we've had the whole time. Um, like, so in the same episode, they say Richard, the Bob Hale says mm-hmm. Richard II was Richard Plantagenet's great great granddad, but no, they were distant cousins. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they they said that Henry the Fourth was Henry the Sixth's great granddad when he was his granddad. Hmm. Why? Yeah. Why do that? It's just little asterisks occasionally where it's like it's as an adult because you're not going to go to school and potentially learn some of this anew which i think is some of the intent with horrible histories like you do go to history class and you know learn actual hopefully accurate <laughs> stuff and like i understand as a kid show you don't want to be super accurate because that can be alienating like the alexander the great naming every place alexander 
Alexandria. Yeah, Alexandria. Yeah. And then he names one place... Iskandarin. Which they say is Turkish. Yes. It's not, for Alexandria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not... Turkish didn't exist. But again, that's kind of unnecessary detail for a kid's show. Yeah, you can't go too deep into... Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's the place... It's a language from the place where Turkey is today, so they went with Turkish. Right. And then the other one is they could... But again, I understand for children, so this nuance is not necessarily needed, but I feel like it could have been a great bit for the rap. (laughs) Talk about source certainty. So, like, most of the stuff about... That would have been a great bit for the rap. Yeah, because he could have had a little bit where he talks about... So, for the Vikings, specifically, this is a very good example. Most of what we know about Viking history comes from the thing called things called the Eddas, which were written... Are they like epic poems or something? Yeah, they were written hundreds of years after all of it happened by Christian monks. Oh. So all of it's through the lens of Christianity's understanding of namely Viking mythology and Viking history. So, like, there's some weird stuff that, like, gets really emphasized about Viking history in in media that just did, like, like blood eagles... (laughs) Not that they yeah. cover that, I don't think. No, in no, no. Because no, it's like no, a, it's no, like no, a no, no. very noble, very bloody way to die. Mm. It probably never happened. It happens in Midsummer, which yes. is a horror film. Yes, so. yeah. So that probably never happened. I mean, it maybe did, but it probably yeah. Never that would happened. have been a really cool thing for the rat to do to talk about sources. Maybe yeah. that's a bit too much. Maybe, but, but he could have just been like, we we don't like. He could have just had a moment where he's like, we don't necessarily think all of this is true because we don't trust i mean he did sometimes pop up at, yeah. with like little signs saying we've made this bit up yes for, yes which yeah. is necessary sure yeah uh yeah i think that's kind of all my notes okay so should we do a little recap yeah so what sure. have we learned <laughs> um if you got an engineering degree in 1930 <laughs> uh Throw it away. It's not worth the paper it's written on. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's been out of date for 20 years. <laughs> we need expiration dates on, like, degrees. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> so you need to go back to school. Yeah. Um, and what else would we speak about? Fashion history is good now. <laughs> Fashion history is recognised now. Yes. Um, Laura's childhood home was... Fuck ugly. Fuck ugly. Yeah. I think that the whole point of this is just skepticism with regard to what you're being told through fun documentary things is a necessary element. Like, approach things with when was this written? Why are we being told this? Like, who does it benefit for me to believe this? That's a great message. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And then just don't trust what people in the past have. No, that's an offshoot. <laughs> If you're reading from something from the 70s, <laughs> it might be dog shit now. <laughs> you know, like, this episode is like, it's like This American Life, and it makes mine and Meg's episodes look like Beavis and Butthead mm. or something. <laughs> like, we're realms apart. Yeah. Like, we're actually talking yeah. big brain stuff. <laughs> so give us an example of how this could happen. Yes. Yeah. So the whole... Um, widely held beliefs becoming potential history we're a little bit um more secure from it than we were in the past because i guess the internet and and fact checking and that kind of stuff and all the resources we have access to but so a widely held misbelief is that a word uh mistruth misconception yeah a, a widely held misconception about untruth a, a widely held untruth <laughs> about american history um 
I don't fully know what they actually get taught in American schools, but everything I've ever heard about this is a mistruth. Mm-hmm. So 4th of July, American Independence Day, um, I was led to believe, and, and a lot of people I know are led to believe, that's the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Uh-huh. False. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, the signing of the Declaration of Independence was actually on August 2nd. But, like, I could very easily see that actual fact be dissolving into the mists of time because so many people think the 4th of July was when they signed the Declaration of Independence. But it's just not. It's just... So what is the 4th of July? Is that just when, when they fancied a public holiday? <laughs> I wish. It was the, um, like, a second conference regarding the Declaration of Independence. Right, okay. So so you're saying that can get written down a bunch of times and eventually it just becomes Gospel. fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, very easily I could see that becoming fact, quotation yeah. marks, fact. Yeah. Because, yeah, if so many people believe it, so many people write it, you, if you've got one historian over there shouting, no, it was the 2nd of August, you have, like, a thousand people over here shouting it was the 4th of August. July. July. <laughs> <laughs> see? Um, it wouldn't be illogical to believe the thousand people. Yeah. Laura, this has been an absolute pleasure. This has been fascinating. We've so gone off topic. As, I know we did. As every one of my conversations seems to be. <laughs> but um, I've had a really lovely time doing this little special episode. So where can people find you? Do you, oh, really? do you, do you want people to find you? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Well, uh, on, no, I no. don't use Twitter. I don't, I don't, like, I have Twitter just to see what other people are doing, but I do not you're, use it. You're the same as other friend of the pod, Arthur Lodes. Uh, I have an Instagram, which you have already put in one of the Thoughts TV. Like, I took that photo. Oh, I tag guys. you all the time yeah, yeah. on Instagram, yeah. So I, I took that photo of you guys looking <laughs> not our best suspicious <laughs> yeah I don't know. um yeah that photo i took and you've tagged me in it so that's probably the easiest way great to find if me. anyone's interested in seeing yeah. what laura's face looks like yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs>